It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What the people in this country want to hear is slow politics. Slow politics. Hello and welcome to the first series of Slow Politics from Tortoise. I'm Matt Dancona. And I'm Laura Spirit. Over the next six weeks, we're going to dig deep into the world of politics, but in a distinctive tortoise style. In each episode, we'll tell you about one issue, story or person driving the agenda of Westminster politics. We'll be trying to uncover the deeper forces at work and tell you the inside story on the people who, often behind the scenes, make things happen. This week, David Canzini. He's the most powerful Tory you may never have heard of, but he matters. So over the course of the next 20 minutes, we'll tell you why and what his presence in Downing Street means for this government. So I think the, the interesting thing about David Canzini is he's part of the big overhaul that Boris Johnson kind of demanded as part of his re- political response to Partygate. David Canzini has been brought in as one of the deputy chiefs of staff. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the question is, what what's his role? And I think his role primarily is to bring a bit of um, political drive to the operation, to put it in campaign mode, but also to help bring backbenchers on board. He's um, he's someone who's known to have very good links with backbenchers. He's been involved in a lot of by-election campaigns going back to the 80s. Um, and he's also someone who has very close links with the Linton Crosby operation. He, he worked for Linton Crosby's firm, Linton Crosby being one of the most important Tory strategists of the last 25 years. So in a nutshell, I think that's why he's an incredibly important figure, though one that many people haven't even heard of. Mm. And I think the time in which he has come into the Downing Street operation is perhaps the most important way of looking at who actually he is and what he's going to be doing. Because as you say, he joined at this period of maximum vulnerability for Boris Johnson. And the assumption for many wavering backbenchers was that he was such an effective operator and such an effective electoral strategist that his very instalment in Downing Street, and obviously there were a number of new instalments during that period, but it was David Canzini's appointment especially, uh, and his being the most respected of all of them, really, that actually did, it seems, manage to bring a number of backbenchers into the kind of more loyal fold, at least for the moment, to which he's obviously survived since. And because he's such a close associate of Linton Crosby who won Boris Johnson's campaigns managing them in, uh, when Boris Johnson was running for Mayor of London um, twice I think Kanzini has the aura of success. But that of course leads to the other question which is extremely important which is what Kanzini actually believes. Well it's interesting because it's actually not clear exactly what he believes he's known for being a deeply private individual and his views aren't particularly well catalogued online he does have a twitter account with the handle at dc grumpy which is a slightly 
trolling account and contains a number of old tweets around a clean Brexit. He was heavily involved in the Chuck Checkers campaign in 2018, which you remember, which was a successful effort to scupper Theresa May's largely unpopular within the Conservative Party Brexit deal. So he's unlike one of his predecessors, Dominic Cummings, in a similar role. Um, he actually is a Conservative he's Party. He's, he's tribal. He's tribal. And when David Davis stood up on that day that Christian Wakeford defected in January, which you'll remember, seen as the kind of a very important day in the future of Boris Johnson, when David Davis stood up and said, in the name of God, go and call for Boris Johnson to go. David Canzini, who actually had run a campaign for David Davis before his leadership campaign, no less, uh, called him up and, and kind of um, criticised him for his disloyalty to the Conservative Party. So actually, it's important to note with his appointment that there actually is a, a genuine Conservative in Downing Street. And one of the kind of most luminous anecdotes that's come out of um, the reporting on the new number 10 operation since David Canzini has joined has been this one about AIDS being in the room when David Canzini asked for a hand show um, of who was a member of the Conservative Party and sort of pointed them to membership cards at the door uh, reportedly uh, if they weren't and promised to check in in a, in a few weeks. So there's a sense that with David Canzini's addition to Downing Street, it has moved into a kind of Tory election machine and a particularly partisan one in the way perhaps it wasn't before. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things about him is that there was a story in February uh, that he had, at a presentation with advisers, uh, made Brexit, the delivery of Brexit and mm. Brexit issues, the priority of, of the issues facing the government as he saw it. And, and this, I think, surprised a lot of government advisers because the cost of living crisis was already well underway. It was clear that energy was going to be a massive issue. The um, uh, conflict in Ukraine was about to start or thought to be about to start. So why was he making Brexit a priority? And I think this is a really interesting prism into how the current Tory campaign machine is thinking, which is Brexit's really not about uh, the departure from the EU, which has already happened, or about sovereignty or constitutional matters. It's a sort of way of life and a way of campaigning and an ethos and a mindset. And in particular, it's about attributing blame to particular um, groups or institutions, um, classically, as we've seen recently, the BBC, immigrants, asylum seekers, the civil mm. service, and so on. And I think that that Brexit mindset that you can trace back to the, the referendum in 2016 is seen by people like David Canzini as as the glue that will keep and hold together um, the election, the general election campaign, mm. whenever it happens. And I think that, that it's really important to understand that because it does puzzle people that people like him still refer to Brexit, which you'd think they'd want in their rearview mirror. You know, the, the get Brexit done was the yeah. election campaign slogan in 2019. And of course, a publicly and officially that they're not talking about it so much anymore but as a way of approaching government and a way of approaching campaigning i think it's absolutely the key so it that's for me that's the most important thing about him is that he represents the continuity of brexit as a way as a way of approaching political life it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So that's a bit about who he is, but 
I'm interested to know a bit more about his background because I've never encountered him before his arrival in Downing Street. This a really interesting thing about David Cancini is he's, he, I first heard his name in the 90s um, and he was one of the hundreds of electoral agents and strategists whose names crop up in in connection with by-elections and campaigns and so on. But ne- he was never particularly singled out as a rising star. I think that what made him was being hired by Linton Crosby and therefore being, you know, in mafia speak, a made man. And that a lot of his authority flows not just from his own personality, which I'm told by ministers who deal with him is, you know, he's he's very serious, but also capable of being extremely and engagingly funny. Really? Um, yeah, but, but, but I think that he, because he's seen as Linton Crosby's man, that gives him a lot of um, a lot of weight in Downing Street because it's known that the Prime Minister, you know, really, really believes in the Linton Crosby playbook. And I guess David Canzini is its custodian in Downing Street. And therefore he is, if anyone is, he's the person who's going to turn number 10 into a war room for the general election. So he has actually been active in the Conservative Party, basically since he helped Edwina Curry with elections in the 1980s and then from then he helped Michael Portillo with a by-election David Davis with his leadership election as we as we mentioned and then as you say sort of disappeared into Crosby land for a while but re-emerged in the 2015 election which kind of has quite a sort of totemic value in the conservative psyche and mindset as a kind of as a kind of real definitive and a surprise victory a surprise victory and we can argue with actually how much of an impressive victory um given a billabound that that it actually was but of course in the mindset of many of these backbench mps who are particularly worried about their own seats and really that's ultimately what it comes down to with their calculation about whether to continue backing boris johnson the arrival of canzini definitely i think you're right does signal this kind of seriousness about making sure that winning the election and keeping seats is at the forefront of everybody in downtown streets minds yeah i mean i think that he is seen as the custodian of linton crosby's playbook in number 10 he's someone who personifies you know he's a person in whom the prime minister and most tory backbenchers undoubtedly have confidence which is no small thing at the moment and there's general consensus that um the local elections though not great for the conservative party were nowhere near as bad as they might have been and i think a lot of that success is being laid at his feet i think you're definitely right and interestingly the reports coming out about the number 10 grid and how it works now so they've said that all days and stories are now divided into leadership economy crime health or ukraine and you think about those categories and they just scream election to you don't they yeah we are now on a general election footing and David Cancini is as important as anyone in that process. Mm. And that grid to me, there was a remarkable level of like straightforwardness to it as well. And actually, when you talk to people in Westminster about David Canzini, some of them will say, well, actually, advisors really like him because if he says he'll do something, he'll do it. And you kind of know where you stand with him. It's interesting because he, you have that. And then you also have this other side, which is an ideological side, which is that people think that levelling up, falling, slipping slightly off the agenda is because Canzini doesn't have a huge hold it in particularly high esteem in terms of election footing. But actually, when you look at um, some of the more bullish tactics of people like Priti Patel, who we know his allies, I think you, you really can see the hand of Canzini in different parts of government quite obviously. He was described to me by one senior minister as a simplifier in the best sense of the word. <laughs> and I think that is absolutely clearly a signal that this 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 government is now actually... It's almost dissolved into a, a campaigning 
party. It's it's now preparing for the next election. Something I'm interested in is is the kind of slightly counterintuitive question on because a lot of people would listen to that and say, "But your job is governing," and that Kanzini is good because he's an he's an election agent that clearly is remarkably effective, or people think he's remarkably effective, and. People may say, well, that means that governing isn't isn't valued particularly highly or that, or that policy is going to be particularly hard to push through. But I wonder if actually by having the election focus in the way that he does and by pinning a couple of things, i.e. delivering on Brexit opportunities, cost of living, for example, does it make it more likely that they might actually succeed? That's the slightly counterintuitive thing, because the criticism of Downing Street before was that it was it was it was messy. It was slightly disparate. People didn't know what they were doing and when. And, and yes, if the objective is winning an election, fine, you can have qualms with that. But you know, potentially in the meantime, you may actually have more of a likelihood of being able to achieve some some actual policy reform. Well, I I've, I always go back to the principle that populism is bad at delivering stuff. That's what it's not good at. What it's good at is winning. And I think that part of the problem for the prime minister in the last um, year has been that there's been tra- this transition out of the pandemic, which everyone agreed was a very odd and unique period into what and mainly into a massive scandal over the party gate and and Mm. the um, cost of living crisis and I think that what David Cancini represents is a sort of reassurance that uh, things are heading back to what holds this governing party together which is the the will to win you know Boris Johnson is a winner he he won two London mayoral races um he won the 2016 referendum and he won an 80 seat majority in 2019 mm. and Canzini personifies the the desire to get the movement back onto that footing onto the, focused on that form of identity mm. and i think it, it, that's what makes him so important yeah i suppose what i mean is that I think that, yes, he represents a certain form of populism, but this government was a populist government before Kanzini, and perhaps it's just going to be a more effective populist government now. Yes, I mean, well, I, th- I think there's a there's a sort of candour to Kanzini. You know, I think what he represents is, yes, we, we, the purpose of the Conservative Party is to win elections by any means necessary. I suppose the interesting point there, though, is that at some point populism is going to come up and hit against this problem of, you know, the huge cost of living crisis. I saw a poll that said 94% of people have been personally affected by the cost of living crisis. You've got the Resolution Foundation saying that Rishi Sunak's um, spring statement, which of course actually was one of the main reasons why his popularity plummeted more so than his party gate fine, contrary to what people sometimes think. But that that spring statement pushing 1.3 million people into poverty. I think those things that are coming down the track, they're going to be really, really hard to cover up with blame, which is what you said to me before is kind of at the root of of populism and I'm just not sure that I'm convinced that no matter how competent a strategist he is that Kanzini is going to be able to paper over such a lack of effective government with spin. So I think the thing about David Kanzini is that he represents what's really distinctive about this government which is that in a way it's a populist force for gaining and acquiring power. It's a cam- it's a campaign movement. It's not a governing movement and what it feels happiest with as a movement, is being led by Boris Johnson into an electoral event. And I think Cancini's presence at the heart of Number 10 is totally symbolic of that. Actually, I think that's completely right. And it reminds me of a report in the FT which mentions David Canzini's role in the Queen's speech and not just the bills that are present in the Queen's speech, but notably the bills that weren't there. And I think if you look at the coverage of those 38 bills that did make it into the Queen's speech and the kind of rounded criticism that it doesn't represent any sort of coherent vision for governing and actually speaks much more to a look ahead to the next election, I think I think that's completely true. 
So Canzini is obviously someone we need to keep an eye on. That's it from us. Thank you for listening to Slow Politics. You've been listening to me, Lara Spirit. And me, Matt Dancona. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about British politics, why not become a member of Tortoise, where you can read my weekly newsletter and Matt's weekly column looking at the biggest issues in British and global politics and get access to more stories from our team of journalists. Just go to tortoisemedia.com slash friend and enter Lara50 or Matt50 to get a year's membership for just £50. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.